BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. This episode is brought to you by MasterCard, bridging the wealth gap together with Greenwood. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Our next guest is an Atlanta hometown favorite. I'll admit I'm a massive fan of her and the organization that she is working with. She is passionate about empowering youth and making sure no child gets left behind, quite literally, with the high success rate of her organization, in fact. Money Movers, please welcome the CEO and president of Usher's New Look, Carisha Moore. Hi, Carisha. Hi, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, well, it is such a pleasure. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast and to showcase and feature the incredibly important and inspiring work you're doing here in Atlanta. I would like to start off for those that are unfamiliar with your organization. Can you tell us a little bit about Usher's New Look organization? Absolutely. So Usher's New Look was founded in 1999 by Usher Raymond IV. And it was all about helping young people gain a new look on life. And so we've been doing this now for 23 years, working with youth ages 14 through 24, really helping them change the trajectory of their lives through education, them identifying their passion and career exploration. And along with that, really helping them understand how they can give back to their community and most recently infusing financial literacy in the work that we're doing with our young people. And so we have a 100% high school graduation rate amongst our high school participants, about 97% college graduation rate within five years for our college participants. It is truly a community of young people where they are being inspired to be global, passion-driven leaders. 
Wow. And this is what I love because, you know, on Money Moves, what we're really about is how we can help encourage, inspire, you know, everyone from youth to seasoned executives to make money moves. So I want to talk a little bit about how you sort of came to this organization. And then I want to segue into, you know, what youth of today are passionate about? Are they thinking in terms of financial literacy? Or is it just sort of like, oh, it's another class that I'm going to take because I'm supposed to. But how did you get to Usher's New Look? Right. So I like to say my path was truly divinely inspired and it was not linear at all. Mm. I started out as an educator mm-hmm. and was just all have always been passionate about mentorship and helping young people you know, be successful through education, done it really all of my life, even going back to college. And my first job as an educator, I realized, and it was so evident to me, the disparity in education based upon zip code when you talk about access, opportunity, and exposure. My mm-hmm. first job, I was teaching in Naples, Florida, which was at the time the richest city per capita. Sure. But I also taught in a town called Immokalee, Florida, uh, two days a week which was a small migrant community where I tell people poverty like I had never seen it before. And so having this sort of dichotomy literally day, each day, following each day, um, and seeing the resources that the students lacked in Immokalee, but the abundance of resources that my students in Naples have, being Tanya, I taught gifted students. All of my students were high IQ, so no one could say it was ability, you know, or IQ or any of these things. All of these young people were super capable of doing anything that they wanted to do. But I knew instinctively my students in Immokalee were having uphill battles because of lack of resources. So my thought was there's always going to be great teachers doing reading, writing and math. But I knew that these other things, access Mm -hmm. and exposure would truly level the playing field. So I went to law school looking to change education. Yeah, practice law for a little bit. But ultimately, I truly felt called out to say, hey, how can I help young people? And was introduced to Usher's New Look. And really, as they say, the rest was history. I started volunteering. And then, I, you know, one thing led to another working in their programs. And four years ago, my predecessor was leaving the organization and said, I'm going to recommend that you become the CEO went through the board and I've been the CEO since. Did not know I would end up here, but this is where um, I needed to be, obviously. Oh, I love that because that's a money move, you know, and that's why I love sharing stories like this. You had a very unlikely pathway. You went from educating to, you know, touched in, in law and then put the time in, in a job that you were passionate about to now become a CEO. Absolutely. And, you know, some would even say, Right. You take a step back to take two steps forward. Me mm-hmm. leaving the law mm-hmm. firm was not a popular mm-hmm. decision with my family. I remember friends saying, just write a check, <laughs> you know, and you right. help young people that way. Um, but I knew ultimately where my purpose was. I didn't necessarily know it was with Usher's New Look, but I, need, I knew I needed to be in this space on a day to day basis. And that required a little bit of courage. In fact, I resigned from my firm t- twice in a year because I was a little nervous about it, <laughs> quite honest. <laughs> you know, and the second time I said, it's it's not you, it's me. Mm. I know I need to be somewhere else. And I often tell that story to people and I get people all the time to come up and say, oh my gosh, I'm going through this dilemma right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to touch on, because I think you have a very unique perspective here of the real dire discrepancies for you know, you talked about these students in Naples, this wealthy zip code where you would imagine these kids go home every day and their parents are, you know, 
CEOs and Fortune 1000, you know, so they have this wealth that they've, you know, grown up with. And then you would, you know, jump in your car and you go to this other zip code where it was the exact opposite. Tell our audience what that looks like. Those kids in, I forget the town name. What, what was it? Immokalee. Immokalee. Such a beautiful mm-hmm. name. It's such a beautiful word, but Immokalee. What are they up? Town. Yeah, like what are they up against? So can you paint this picture to our audience so that we can really impress upon, I think it'll help us understand the work that also you're doing with Usher's new book as well. Absolutely. So, you know, Naples, Florida, this is this is the little joke I like to say. That was the first time I actually saw a maid look like Amelia Bedelia, right? In the black and white. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my kids would go. You ask them, hey, what did you do over the weekend? Oh, we went to our private island. Um, you oh. know, the parents were there to support at the drop of a dime. And this was the other thing at that school. You know, PTA, I remember them doing a, a backwards raffle and the grand prize was like $10,000. What? Know. Wow. You, <laughs> there are some PTAs that don't even have $5,000 in Oh, my account, goodness. Right? In the whole, absolutely. Right? So they're giving away $10,000. I was there part-time at the school. In my classroom, I was there part-time. The lights were off two days a week when I was in Immokalee, but I had probably six or seven computers that were assigned to my classroom. Now I go to Immokalee two days a week. Again, like I said, beautiful town, beautiful spirit, loved it. The the community was great, but the resources were lacking. My parents Mm -hmm. got on the bus at 5 a.m. to go to pick whatever the seasonal crop was. So we did school very differently. To call in a parent for a conference during the day, that meant they probably were gonna miss a day of work, right? Mm. So we would do things at night. Um, a lot of what was happening in Immokalee, you had ch- Catholic charities, other organizations, but they were providing for those physical needs that mm-hmm. were most pressing for the students and the families that we serve. You know, there were it was nothing. If you saw students come, we had a, a clothing closet and a food pantry where if they, you know, one of my students came to school with two small soccer cleats on, right? And so mm-hmm. how do you handle that delicately? These are the types of things. I've always been about how do we expose youth to things that maybe they don't have readily accessible to them. Absolutely. It's also very big on service learning. And mm-hmm. so one of the things was that my students in Immokalee, they decided for their project as a class, they wanted to paint a mural at the school. Mm-hmm. I got permission. I got a mural artist to donate the resources as well as her time to come and help them. We just had to do it on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so when I got the permission slips out and everything, the student who actually drew out the sketch, he was an artist. He came to me and said, Miss, I can't come on Saturday because I go work with my family. So the private island on the weekend, right? On, on the weekend, that yep. I hope that paints a picture of sort of just mm-hmm. the, two, the two spaces that I was occupying as an educator at that time. Mm-hmm. So now fast forward, you're with Usher's New Look and you're in this position where you're able to empower and educate so many children in the Atlanta area. And you've now also added financial literacy. Talk about why this was important to you. And I know you basically just explained it, but what it is that you really feel like at this age, the kids, they need to know, they need to learn from your organization because, you know, sometimes it's just, there's not enough hours in the day for these working parents to go home. I mean, they're not sitting at home talking about Roth 401ks and where they can, you know, put their money into crypto because they're, in some cases, 
out in the fields almost working, picking a crop. That's right. You know, we we have been uh, really helping our young people through our four pillars up until 2017, um, talent, education, career, and service. That was the focus of it, obviously, to help our young people to develop. Mm-hmm. We realized through doing some work, one of our programs is called Powered by Service. And what it is is that our college students go into middle schools and high schools and facilitate this amazing four to five day workshop. I call it an assembly on steroids. They're talking about leadership, <laughs> how you can impact your community, all of these different things, things your brand, networking. Well, we partnered uh, through Truist. We partnered with Operation mm-hmm. Hope and we're doing added some budgeting activities into the Power by Service Day for these particular schools we were in DC. And what we came back and realized is that this is sort of the missing fifth pillar, right? Those young people obviously had not been having conversations about money and saving and credit and Mm -hmm. building budgets, et cetera. So we thought and said, how can we add this to what it is that we're doing? And through a million dollar grant with Truist, Wow. I mean, shout out to that foundation for just in this organization and what we've been able to build and and having the trust in us to continue to do that. um, We built this amazing youth centric, uh, very culturally relevant financial literacy curriculum that permeates throughout our curriculum. And what it has done is turn the minds and the ideas on of our young people to money, how do they mm-hmm. save it? You know, we've been able to actively provide our young people with funding to start investment accounts. Our college <gasps> students are actually trained to go and train other young people. In these wow. Schools. And I'll tell you, we were in Little Rock, Arkansas doing one of those Power by Service trainings and they're going through the budgeting exercise and I'm just kind of rotating throughout the room. And I hear this young man say, I get it. They're teaching us about our future so we can change it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My heart broke open right now. Yes. Listen, I'm like, yes. And I've been saying that every, everywhere because that is exactly it. You, To your point, there are so many people that think, oh, kids should learn all of these things from their parents. They should learn them. I've actually had someone tell me those are things they should talk about around the dining room table. Well, one, that's assuming that they yes. have a dining room table. Exactly. That's assuming that they're eating dinner, everybody's at the table at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. And that's assuming that that knowledge is, that expensive knowledge is there. in the household. So that, I yeah. mean, that's where we see ourselves sort of walking alongside parents, walking alongside schools, supporting our young people and gaining this knowledge that they need so that they are not a step behind and that they can really, really see themselves in these positions of wealth in the future. This is something that I I just love, too, because, you know, even when we think about all the assumptions that people do make today, you know, a lot of folks come on this podcast as well. And they're like, well, my parents didn't teach me this. They didn't know it either. And so now it's kind of like, well, where is the onus? Right. And so it's organizations like Usher's New Look that are sort of picking up um, sort of picking up the slack and really teaching it to to folks younger and younger and younger. Um, and, and, and this is just why I feel like it's such an important part of your curriculum. When we go back to your programming, you have a significant success rate, 100% high school graduation, 98% enroll in college, 61% of your students are from first generation households. 
how have you managed to keep the kids so engaged? I have friends who have kids that are like, oh my goodness, you know, the number one thing right now is engaging teens, getting, but they're coming back, they're sticking with the program and they're soaring. What is it about the organization, the curriculum that really gets these kids engaged and coming back and with these high success rates? You know, a part of our secret sauce is that peer-to-peer. Mm-hmm. UNL is built upon relationships. You will often hear our students, you will often hear our staff, even our board members say, refer to it as the UNL family. It is something uh, blessed about this organization, mm-hmm. I would say, that creates this environment where young people know they can come, they can be themselves. But not only that, they're going to connect with other young people. They may not, not all be interested in the same thing, mm-hmm. but they create sort of this um, really amazing community where they're supporting one another. They're building together. This is not them just coming. And look, there's a space for all of it. They're not just coming and doing homework. They're not just coming and, you know, watching a movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing, having these shared experiences, we bring in amazing speakers. They're actually doing things and creating projects together in our Spark Center here. And also we have a program in Brooklyn, New York. So it's the same thing that's being created amongst these um, organ- these these chapters, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then we bring them together. So now it's New York meeting Atlanta young people. And that's- Oh, wow. Like that's great. Yeah they, yeah, they feel like they're a part of something that's so much bigger than them. Um, there's an opportunity for us to listen to them, to hear what they are saying. We do something called expressions. So it's about building up their confidence to express their gifts and talents. I mean, it's just an environment where we we make it ready for them to learn the things that they need to learn. And then what they'll say is, and even our evaluations say it, when you look at where did you learn about careers and financial literacy and college admission, UNL is hired as one of the, as the highest space where they're learning this information. <gasps> oh, that's... Counselors, parents, etc. That has got to feel really good. That moves the needle. You know, where did you learn about that? Admissions, SATs, when do I start doing them? You know, a lot of the kids that we're serving in these communities are first, are first generation to go to college. So you know, it's a struggle for parents to, you know, hold down the fort, get jobs, get them into college, but know when do I apply? What do I need on a college application? It just gets more and more complex these days. You know, I just couldn't help myself right there because as soon as you talked about the program expressions, and I know this is Usher's new look, I, I couldn't help it. I started going, these are my expressions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, money movers. I had to do it. I had to do it. You'll have to excuse my singing. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. 
OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Um, I, I want to pause there and talk about, you know, the other side of being a CEO as well of a nonprofit organization here in Atlanta. It's a huge job. It's a huge role. And you have, you know, all these children and, and their futures that you hold. Um, talk about that transition. And what was sort of the most surprising part for this part for you? There's a lot of people in the audience who do work in nonprofit. But um, what, when you look back across your four years as the CEO, has been the most difficult, surprising piece? So, you know, one of the first things that I like to think, when people think nonprofit, they think it's just do-gooders, working mm-hmm. in their passion, pulling on the heartstrings. <laughs> but this is a business, mm-hmm. you know, and making sure that it operates as a business. We have an amazing foundation that was started by those um, my predecessors, Sean Wilson and Yvette Cook, right? Um, and so I often look at myself as I'm adding on the second floor to this mm-hmm. house, if you will. So mm-hmm. what are some of those things that we need? We have amazing programming. We have the impact. Now, as an organization, what are some of the processes that we need? How do we build capacity so that we're not overworking staff? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear people in nonprofits say, oh, I wear 10,000 hats. Well, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Oh. We are able to bring in the resources and fund our business, just like any other for-profit business. You know, you're not going to see the CMO of GE going out and selling parts, right? And That's so that right. should not be the case with nonprofits. So really raising the money so that we can build this capacity and really truly operate on all cylinders with efficiency as a business. And that's where I'm sort of heads down in right now, Tammy. Uh, I'd love to hear you say that because, you know, I think, and we sort of shifted from, you know, looking at the, the, the children's side of it to this, to the nonprofit side, but that is such a natural and normalized refrain in nonprofits. Oh, I wear all the hats and, you know, it's so busy and, I, and there's just not enough capacity. And I love that this is what you're being intentional about. Like, 
you know, if it's General Motors, he is not, he, I'm sure he has, you know, a view into all areas of the business, but to support our nonprofits at its best, we need people to be able to do their job in the best way possible. And a lot of this comes down to being able to properly fundraise and have the funds to support the business and staff so that everyone can be their best. That's exactly right. Yep. And, and the other part that I'm really intentional about is us being experts in our industry. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's not enough just everyone on our team. I tell people all the time, I've never worked with such a, a passionate group of people um, mm-hmm. who come through Usher's New Look. But it's not just enough for passion. We need to be experts. Anyone should be able to get on a, a panel or get, you know, if the news calls yes. and talk about yes. the work we do. Um, yes. So making sure that we invest in our team in that way as well. Yes, yes. So what's next for Usher's New Look? You, I know you've launched a couple new programs, and I'd love you to talk a little about um, the Disrupt, Disruptor Club. Disruptivator. Yes. Disruptivators, yes. Yeah. So in 2016, we coined this term Disruptivator, which is someone who uses their spark or passion to bring about change in the world. And that's how we talk about the youth that we serve, the Disruptivators. We even have a, a huge... Um, summit during the summer called our Disruptivator mm-hmm. Summit. And so one of the things, as I told you, we program in Atlanta as well as Brooklyn. Those are our core after-school programs. But we have taken this power by service all over the world. We've taken our programming all over the world. And one thing about the pandemic, we were able to flip on a dime and mm. offer our programming virtually. And so we, we literally had students from Barbados, Canada. No, that's home for you, right? Yes. From Dominican Republic to join our sessions because there was such a need for our young people to have that community. And what we said is, okay, there have always people have said, how do we get UNL at our school from DC to California, et cetera? How can we create this? And so what we've created is essentially UNL in a box. We've collaborated Mm -hmm. with the labs, Sarah Mm -hmm. Allen, They've built out a virtual clubhouse for us. Mm -hmm. And what we've done is created digital content that we are then putting into this clubhouse. So say if it's a school, a church, a homeschool group, a community organization, they can sign up to be a Disruptivator Club. Uh, We have about 10 now. um, And And then they convene their young people, put on this digital curriculum. We also send essentially a lesson plan that our students are doing in Brooklyn and New York, and they can facilitate it there. But those students are now a part of the UNL family. They can attend our national programming, like our first Friday scholarship sessions that we host virtually on Fridays. They now come to our Disruptivator summits during the summer. You know, there will be awards for the Disruptivator Club of the Year, the Disruptivator of the Year, and they just really get to plug in to UNL. They are a part of Usher's New Look. And that's our next our next phase, if you will, in, in the ability to scale UNL in a way that's intentional. I often think about Immokalee, and like I said before, mm-hmm. a lot of the focus was on addressing the physical needs, rightly so. However, a place like Immokalee or small towns in Georgia that don't have literally any resources, mentoring uh, services, anything like right. that, perfect for them so that those youth can have access to these types of opportunities and knowledge and skills as well. 
Well, I love that because, you know, there are these great stories that are silver linings from COVID that have allowed us to sort of reach beyond our geographical borders and touch the communities that are sometimes, you know, they get a little bit forsaken. And I think that's really important because that reach is 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 critical. Um, can you tell us how many kids has Usher's New Look touched? In the 23 years, over 50,000 youth have wow. been touched by Usher's New Look. And like I said, this is Globally, I mean, South Africa, Kibera, uh, Dominican Republic, Philippines, Hong Kong, we have been everywhere and as well as with our, within our own United States, um, Toronto, Vancouver, serving Ooh. youth. Yeah, absolutely. And so that is that's what we are. We we can provide this information and this ex these experiences that we provide to you translate um, across racial ethnic lines for our young people. We, we, I will tell you, we partnered with the State Department um, and Meridian, an organization that works with them to serve over 100 youth from 17 different African countries here in Atlanta as they were on um, an excursion. And it was the most fantastic thing for our young people also because they got wow. to see that learning is relatable for young people their age wherever you are. Wow, that's incredible. Oh my goodness. And I just love the global reach. Um, that's, that's really some beautiful and important work. Okay, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, how is it working with Usher and why he was so passionate about starting this organization 23 years ago? Usher's amazing. I will say that. He, he's an amazing <laughs> entertainer. But what people should also know is that he is, he has a heart for this organization these young people, they call him Big Brother Almighty. Oh. Yeah, all of the young people that go through, they get a code name, and that's his, and it's been there, you know, since the camp days. Uh -huh. um, he is passionate about young people finding their spark. One of the things when he started the organization was that you would go and ask students, okay, what do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Was an athlete or an entertainer, you know? And his thing was, I want them to see all the other things that they can do mm -hmm. in this same industry. It's okay to want to be me, yep. but if you want to be me or the best athlete because that's the only way you think you can generate wealth or, you know, get get those things mm -hmm, that you mm -hmm. associate with success, that's a disservice. You need to know all of the options that are out there. And that really was the catalyst for the programming that we do with Usher's New Look with the career exploration and everything. A little known story is that he and his mom, Ms. Patton, they went into Judge Hatchett's courtroom. When he was, you know, 19, 20. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're just thinking, how, let's talk about how we can impact the community. So they sat in for a juvenile proceeding just to kind of see what are some of those issues out there. And that's when they walked out of that courtroom saying, you know, I see leaders in here, you know, they're being down sentences of community service. Why is that a punishment? Um, all of these different things. These kids need a wow. life. And that's Usher's new look. So, he is still there. People ask all the time, is he involved? He's still very involved. He'll walk in and the young people, it's not like, oh, that's a big celebrity. That's big right. brother opportunity. And they know he's invested in their success. Oh, that is so wonderful. I love to hear that. That's me. And you know, I, I, this is something I think at Money Moves, I really want people to understand. It's like, oh, oftentimes people grew up to think that wealth was correlated to, oh, you were a basketball star or you were a musician. 
And there's so much more to, there's so much more opportunity that's available and within reach and possible. We just need to show our kids the roadmaps, show them the work that you're doing as the CEO of Usher's New Look, as a lawyer, et cetera. And, you know, I feel like these are our modern day rock stars. They might not be able to sing, uh, you know, a lot of them can't dance, but these are the pathways and the roadways to success that, you know, by highlighting, you know, through Usher's New Look and Money Moves that we can really change the generational trajectories of our communities. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate you so much. Before we leave, I want to ask two questions. One, how can a kid sign up for Usher's New Look? And how can, you know, those who might have something to contribute to Usher's New Look, whether it's in funds or their time. Um, can you tell us how to connect with the organization? Absolutely. So there, our website has everything that you need, ushersnewlook.org. <laughs> and we have a section on there on the first page where someone can go in and put their email address if they want to get involved. And that comes directly to us. And we send it to the person that, you know, if they want to volunteer in programmings, someone will reach out to them. We also okay. have a big green donate button on the top right of the, of the page. Yes. If anyone wants to support, we are a 501c3 organization um, and we're fundraising and, and those resources go to our programming. And so we, we have uh, women of influence, we have league of men, or if they just want to give a don a general donation, mm -hmm. you can do that there. And then for youth or parents who want to get their kids engaged they can email info at ushersnewlook.org. Okay. It's info at ushersnewlook.org, and we will be sure to get back with them and get them the information that they need to participate. I mean, look, we have our after-school program. We're building out an entrepreneurship youth accelerator. <sighs> we have our disruptivator clubs. There is something for every youth at Usher's New Look. And, you know, this is something else I, I you know, work very closely in with, um, some nonprofits in Atlanta as well. And I really encourage people, oftentimes they think they don't have the time or they don't have anything to give to these organizations or kids, but it is the biggest cliche, but it is such a truism for me. I promise you, you will get 10 times more back from spending your time volunteering with these kids. It has been such a gift to me. So, you know, those of you who are listening, reach out, you know, go to a volunteer session and just spend some time giving back and you will be blessed beyond measure, blessed beyond measure. That is, it is so true. I a hundred percent agree with you on that. The return on investment, you know, it, it, and I tell people all the time, yes, we need financial resources, but that human capital is important for us and our model for our young people to see and to talk to and to hear. Yes. There. Yeah. Well, Carisha, before we leave, tell us where folks can find you on your social media channels or LinkedIn, whichever you prefer people to connect with you on. I am Carisha Moore on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, as well as LinkedIn. Definitely want to join in. I love, you know, to get in conversations about education and our youth and, and issues that matter to them. Um, but also just to meet people who are in this space and interested in supporting our youth and our organization. So that's Carisha Moore. Oh, all right, Money Movers. Thank you so much, Karisha. You are truly a gem. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing to change the lives of so many youth all over the world. 
Thank you. Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today, but make sure to follow Carisha Moore on all her social media handles and make sure you check out Usher's new look. Thank you so much for joining. And if we have helped you make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge and or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 